we're continuing our series in the fruit of the spirit and there's no prizes for for guessing what's next love joy peace patience and <clears throat> patience is one of those things that we need more and more of we live in an impatient world there's road rage there's impatience in the home there's impatience at work. There's even impatience in the church. There's, a <clears throat> there's even a theology based on impatience. The prosperity gospel says we don't want to wait until Christ comes again for all the blessings that are ours in Christ. We want it now. We want the health. We want the wealth now. Whereas Jesus says it is then when there will be no more suffering, no more sorrow. And we have to wait. We have to be patient. We live increasingly in a world where, unlike the past, where you had to save up and you couldn't actually get something until you had the ability to purchase it. Now we can get things on credit and increasingly the connection between being able to do something <clears throat> and paying for it is lost. We can get things on credit so much easier than in the past. We want things now. Some people, they like to be efficient at work. They like to be efficient in whatever they're doing. And that's great. But sometimes, actually, that's just impatience. But it's good to be efficient I like to be <coughs> excuse my voice I like to be efficient at work on the computer but in this last week um, I've been struggling with patience thanks Edel there's a piece of software that I have that it had an update this week and Whenever you wanted to click something, it stalled, not responding. 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. You want to open something, 30 second wait. You want to click something, 20 seconds or is it, or is it 40 seconds this time? It was Bible software of all things. <laughs> Teaching me patience. We were trying to do something on the, <clears throat> on the computer this morning and Windows decided to do an update. And it seemed to stall in the middle of it. It says, updating, do not turn off your computer. Five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes. How long is this going to take? We all need patience. And it's easy to talk about patience for trivial things like that. But what about needing patience with people? No, that's not so easy. One of the blessings of being married is that you have somebody else to, to knock the rough edges off you. One of the blessings of having children is that, you, apart from them being a blessing, you learn patience. One of the blessings of being in community is that we, we have to put up with people and they have to put up with us. 
we cannot have the fruit of the Spirit in a sense. We cannot display the fruit of the Spirit unless we're in relationships with others. Love requires people. Love, joy and peace. We can have joy and peace in our own hearts, but patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, these are all things that we have to do with other people. So if we want the fruit of the Spirit to be more in our lives, we need to be engaging with people. It works itself out in relationships. Patience. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. We need to be kind to people and we need to be humble and gentle being patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Because <clears throat> while we don't realize our own sin, often other people really struggle with us. People are trying to be patient with us while we're trying to be patient with them. They don't see their faults and we don't see ours. We need to make allowance for each other because of God's love working itself out in our lives. We all, <clears throat> we all know we need to, to love each other more, to have patience with each other more. That isn't new. The question is, how can we be more patient with each other? It's not the fact that we ought to. It's how can we? <coughs> At times when you feel like you're in a situation where Inside your blood's boiling. I don't know what chemicals are go, are going through us, whether it's adrenaline or whatever. Sometimes in a situation, you can be almost ready to explode. But we mustn't. We mustn't let that control us. We might be tempted. Our blood might be boiling in a situation, but we need to be in control. Have you ever noticed how some older Christians just seem to be lovely, godly, patient people? Well, from those that I've talked to, they may look like that on the outside, but the more you get to know them, you'll find out that there's more going on on the inside than <laughs> appears on the surface. There's times when they may be just itching to say or do something, but they hold back. They have patience. Patient people are not immune from being tempted to be impatient. It's just that they don't let their buttons, when somebody presses their buttons, they don't have a knee-jerk reaction and respond in the way that we normally do. They have a control mechanism. They're able to stop their triggers from automatically resulting in a response. Have you ever heard two children who are fighting or two teenagers and you start to try and figure out what, what went on what, what are you fighting about how did this start and one of them blames the other and says well they did this and therefore that made me do something and that that idea that they did something that made me do something is really saying that I have no control over myself 
They pressed my button and therefore that made me do something. They made me do something. That's an admission that we don't have control over ourselves. We don't have the ability to be patient. Have you ever noticed in um, submarine films, I don't know if you like films, I don't know if you like submarine films. There's some good submarine films, there's some pretty naff ones, especially some of the older ones. But in in some of the films you see the the commanding officer, that's what they call a captain in a submarine, the commanding officer will give an order and the guy standing beside him, I don't know what they call him, the chief of the boat or whatever in, in America, he will relay the order on to somebody else. So the, the captain of the submarine, in a sense, gives the order, somebody else hears it and passes it on. The captain doesn't give it directly to the person who then does whatever needs done. If the captain's having a bad day and uh, the chief of the boat thinks, well, he's not himself today. He's making some of these statements, but I'm not passing on everything he says, otherwise we'd be at the bottom. So the captain says something, and the chief of the boat says, no, I'm not passing. But he says something different, and that, oh, that one's okay, I'll pass that one on. Imagine we are like the, the chief of the boat, and we have the choice whether to pass on, to react to the things that are impacting us, the things that are coming into us. We might get somebody presses our button, but we choose, well, we're not going to pass that on. We're not going to react. We're not going to do something as a result. We have a choice. And growing in patience is a bit like choosing to not respond in impatience just because something triggers us, just because we're tempted. And we can't do that naturally. At least, not very much. Some people are born with a a lovely level of patience, much more than others. But everybody has their limits, naturally speaking. But if we want to be patient beyond those limits, some people's limits is like, you know, they've only got a tiny amount of patience, almost none. Other people seem to be just much more blessed. But whatever our natural level of patience if we want to be able to move above that, beyond that, we need the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. When somebody sends you a provocative text message and you think, look what they've said, I'm going to sort that out. I'm going to respond. We have to hold back we have to choose, am I going to actually respond? Am I going to let them press my buttons? And it's a very difficult thing sometimes to let somebody else have the last word. <laughs> I know one person is <clears throat> dead now, but if ever I would text him something, he would always text back. And if I texted back with an okay or a thumbs up, you know, what, how, how do you respond to a thumbs up? Every time, he always had the, <laughs> the last word. 
we want the last word. We find it difficult to let people think, well, they've said, it appears as though I'm accepting what they've said. We need to be able to just let things go and not have a knee-jerk reaction to them. We have to choose whether we respond in patience. Patience allows us to, the fruit of the Spirit allows us to choose. It also allows us, the Spirit allows us to, to put up with difficult situations longer than we're happy with doing. And he also allows us to have calm as we do it. Because ultimately we know that it is God we answer to, not other people. We have to do what's right before him and not just be seen to be doing what's right before others. We can have peace in our hearts regardless of what other people think, regardless of the pressures that are on us. James tells us that You know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Impatient temptations are not just things that we can just wish away. They actually give us opportunities to exercise our patience. Jesus commends the church in Thyatira in Revelation chapter 2 for their patience. I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your servants, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. There's a few other things to say to them as well. But patience is something that is not easy. It involves endurance. And it's something that the Lord delights to see in us. It's not easy. Hudson Taylor, uh, a missionary, a pioneering missionary to China. Some people say that pretty much the, the church in China today can draw an awful lot of its heritage right back to, to Hudson Taylor who took the gospel out there many years ago. And he said that if you wanted to be a missionary in China, there were three indispensable requirements for being a missionary. One of them was patience. That was the first thing. He said the second thing is patience. And the third thing is still more patience. You might have heard me use this illustration before. There was somebody who was applying to a missionary organization. Um, He wanted to be a missionary. And mission organizations don't just let anybody out to to preach the gospel, to share the gospel. Some people are just not suited to it at all. They haven't got a godly character. They're coming with their own agenda, sometimes with their own theology. And so mission organizations have to get a recommendation from a local church, from a pastor or the elders as to the suitability of somebody. And then they will interview them. And so one snowy morning at 5 a.m., this missionary candidate rang the bell at a mission examiner's home. He'd been asked to go to this 
mission leader's home for an interview there, not the office, their home. Five o'clock in the morning. He was shown into the, the office in the home and he sat there. The time went on, it was six o'clock, it was seven o'clock. At eight o'clock, the retired missionary appeared and asked him, you know, okay, let's have our interview now. He didn't mention why there was a delay of three hours. And <clears throat> he asked him a couple of qu questions. He says, can you spell? And the guy said, yeah. Okay, spell the word Baker. B-A-K-E-R. Now, <clears throat> do you know anything about numbers? He says, well, yeah, um, I'm okay. Okay, what's two and two? He says, four. And the examiner says, Grant, you've passed. You're accepted as a missionary. Like, I didn't realize what had gone on. But this retired missionary who was interviewing this person went to the, the mission examine board. And he said the next day that this man has all the qualifications to make a fine missionary. First, I tested him on self-denial, making him arrive at my home at five in the morning. And he left a warm bed on a snowy morning and he came without any complaint. Second, I tested him on promptness. He arrived on time. Third, I examined him on patience and made him wait three hours to see me. He didn't complain. Fourth, I tested him on his temper. He failed to show any anger or aggravation. Fifth, I tried his humility <coughs> by asking him questions that a seven-year-old child could answer, and he showed no indignation. You see, this candidate, I believe, meets the requirements. He will make a fine missionary. These seven, or these spurt-given abilities are needed and only produced consistently and to such an extent by the Holy Spirit. Patience is something that doesn't come naturally to us but is the fruit of the Spirit. And <clears throat> where you see patience, godly patience against great provoking in great temptation there's a sign that God's at work there. But we can only have that patience that we need through faith in Christ. The interesting thing in Galatians chapter 5 is that Paul doesn't talk about love, joy, peace and patience in the context of telling us to be loving, to be peaceful, to be patient, to be kind, to be joyful. He doesn't say that, right, go and do these things because he knows we're not able. He's just been talking in the previous paragraph about what our natural abilities are. He says, well, the fruit of the flesh, the natural humanity, our sinful nature is, and he goes through a vice list. It's not good. But then he says the, the fruit of the spirit is, and they, these things are the result of having the Spirit. They're not the result of us just trying in our own strength to do them. 
if we want to be patient, the first thing we do is not simply to try and be patient. The first thing we do is to have Christ and walk in the Spirit. You only get apples from an apple tree and you only get the fruit of the Spirit from having the Spirit of Christ. Of course, some people are blessed with a little bit more patience than others. But if we need to have that patience, if we we need to have that patience in our lives when we're being tested, when situations are gone beyond our natural level of patience, then we need the Holy Spirit. We need Christ in us. If you're in situations where you're regularly finding yourself impatient we often think well the solution is I've got to fix this situation I've got to stop these pressures from coming on me well sometimes we can do that sometimes we can avoid situations that make us feel impatient but more often than not what we need to do is develop how we respond to walk in patience If we're struggling, we need to turn to God. We need more of him. John Cassian in the 4th to 5th century. A Christian mystic, a, a leader of the church back then, he said, it's a bigger miracle to be patient and refrain from anger than it is to control the demons which fly through the air. And there's some truth in that. You know, Christ can command the demons and they will they will flee. But for a sinful heart to be changed from being impatient to patient, that's a miracle. And God working himself through us by the Spirit in changing us from being impatient to patient people, that is... That is true transformation. In Colossians 1, we are told that he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. We have been transferred into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Christ. We're now in Christ, no longer in our own old sinful nature. And that is what's needed. If we want to be patient, we need to be in Christ. We need to have that transformation that comes through being transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. God calls us not only to be patient in situations that are immediate before us. He calls us to be patient into the longer term as well. I love the old English King James. Well, not in general. There's one word I like in it. <laughs> and in the old translation of Galatians 25, 22 to 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Long-suffering is an old English word for patience. And it actually is a far better description of what it is to be patient because you're suffering for a long time 
with a situation or someone. Being patient is not easy. It does involve suffering. But we can do it by the Spirit of Christ. There are situations that are sometimes unjust. And it is not simply a a question of a short-term being patient until a situation passes. Sometimes there's a long-term injustice that we're praying to God for, that we're struggling against. In Psalm 37, David addresses this. He says, Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. The context David is speaking into is where he's saying people who are ungodly, people who are immoral, they're not giving justice to those who are vulnerable in society. Those who are in power tend to abuse their power. It's just the way things happen to be. To greater or lesser extents. They don't make the best decisions for the good of the people that they're meant to serve. They often serve their cronies. And sometimes there's a lot of injustices go on. Not only back in the time of David, but still today. We just need to read the news we see that happening and yes we want to campaign we ought to do what we can to try and overturn these things but at the end after we've done all that we can do and all avenues seem to be exhausted what can we do and Philippians Paul says don't worry give thanks to God leave these things with him and you will have peace of mind after we've done all we can, we tend to worry or get angry. Or, but we're told not to. Psalm 37, we're told, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. If people are making lots of money by fraud, by not telling the truth in certain things, it seems to work for them. Why are we, why are we doing what's right and suffering as a result? struggling as a result. God says, one day your innocence will radiate like the dawn. The justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. But until then, wait for the Lord. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Stop being angry. Turn from our rage. Don't lose our temper. We need to wait patiently for him. 
there's a real sense in which there are issues that are not just temporary relational issues that we have. If, if you struggle with somebody at work the next day, it can blow over and everything's fine again. Or with the children or your parents or whoever it is. These things are only temporary. But some things we long for justice. Some of the big issues won't be resolved until Christ returns. Sometimes the courts don't give proper justice, if at all. We should support the, the justice system, but if we're looking to, to the courts to give justice, perfect justice, all the time, we will constantly be disappointed. In the end, we ought not to allow our disappointment, our frustration to eat us up. After we've done all that we can to try and improve the situation, to help others, to campaign for, for good, we have to just leave things in the hands of the Lord and allow him to act. He will act. He will bring perfect justice one day on the judgment day. We will all have to stand before Christ to be judged, to receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done. Everyone. And those who seem to be getting away with it now, that's, that's only a sign of God's patience. In Romans chapter 2, Paul says, things seem to be going okay for you. We ought to recognize that because God hasn't brought the judgment day forward right now, because we can live this life, this is an opportunity for, for us to see God's patience. He's waiting for us to repent, to turn to him. The fact that God hasn't brought the judgment day down on things which deserve it, on injustices which are just rife, he's not impatient. It's not that he doesn't care, he does, but he's been patient, waiting for people to repent. But one day he will bring justice and everyone will have to give an account and no one will get off. And yet we have to wait for that. We have to be patient and allow the Lord to act. Sometimes he brings things to a resolution in, in a short space of time and we can pray for that too. But we still have to even wait for that short space of time. But at other times, we will not see the resolution until eternity. And again, that's what it means to forgive. To let go, to let it, leave it to God. At its very basic, forgiveness is simply delayed justice. Letting it go until God will deal with it. And yet, in the process of being patient, God works in us. Athletes train in order to be able to perform. They do training and training and training, and then they do their race, or whatever it is. And their training is not easy. It's really difficult. It's stressful. It's strenuous. But it produces results. 
And when we put up with situations, when we are patient, then that's our training. That's our exercise in godliness. And so it isn't futile. It produces results in us. We need to pray as well. We need to pray that God will act, but we need to be patient. Eugene Peterson has said that in prayer, we are aware that God is in action and that when the circumstances are ready, when others are in the right place and when our hearts are prepared, he will call us into action. And waiting in prayer is a disciplined refusal to act before God acts. Patience is a discipline of waiting and allowing God to act and not jumping the gun ourselves. Above all else, we're not simply called to be patient. We're called to experience God's patience with us. He has been gracious with us. His patience is beyond anything we could understand. I thank God that he's patient with me. I thank God that other people are patient with me. But most of all, God is patient with me. And it's the same with each one of us. We can rely on his patience. We can rely on his grace. Because he loves us. And we thank God that we don't have to come before him and say, look, I've been patient, I've been good. You're going to like me today. In a sense, God is more pleased with us when we are patient and living as we ought to. But our acceptance before him is not dependent on these things. We don't try and be patient in order to impress God, to like us, to, because we are accepted by grace. We are accepted on the basis of what Christ has done. We are given the gift of acceptance, the gift of righteousness. And so God loves us and accepts us based upon how loving and gracious he is. And so our, our being patient is not there to sort of earn brownie points and say, I'm getting into heaven because of how I've been. We get into heaven because of how Christ has been. And it is his patience, his godliness, his righteousness, his perfect obedience that becomes ours. <clears throat> One of the things that theologians often point out is that it wasn't just Christ's atoning for sin on the cross that is important for us. There's also his resurrection from the dead. He, he conquered death. That is important for us as well. But as well as those, his perfect life of obedience, that is given to us as well. His righteousness, his obedience. We, we not only receive the imputed righteousness of Christ, we receive the imputed obedience of Christ to our account. So, just, just like when the Father looks at the Son, Jesus, and he sees a perfect Son, that he was patient, he was kind, he was loving, he was all these things. When God looks at us, 
He sees all these things having gone to our account as well. We receive Christ. We receive all that is in Christ. We receive his righteousness. And it's as if we were as righteous as him. It's as if we had walked in his shoes and responded the way he had. And that is how we are accepted before God. And on that basis we then go on to live the life that we have in Christ. And when we're not living it, that's when we're walking in the old nature. But when we're walking in the spirit of Christ, we are effectively walking in the way Christ did. God is patient with us and he gives us righteousness as a gift. He also gives us the way to live righteously by the power of the Spirit. And so he calls us to be patient through the power of the Spirit. He calls us to to be still in his presence and wait patiently for him to act in situations. And we can do this because of his love for us. We should do this out of gratitude and thanks to him. And we should do it to give glory to him. Let's be still in his presence and wait patiently for him to act. Let's be patient. Christ is our example and the spirit is our power, our strength. Lord, we thank you for your patience with us. We thank you for your love for us. And we thank you that we can be patient because you give us not only the righteousness to be accepted, you give us the power to live righteously as well. Lord, forgive us when we haven't been. Enable us to be more patient and enable us to to give you more and more glory. May we be transformed more and more into the image of Jesus as we draw closer to him, as we walk more in the spirit than in the old sinful nature. Lord, be gracious to us. Forgive us our sins. And Lord, help us. We need your power at work within us. In Jesus' name, amen.